The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Harbson coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio, and I'm joined by Tahir Ali and today's special guest, Jeff Restine, who is the Vice President and CFO of Fuller Electric. Jeff, we're so excited to have you on and talk to you today. To start off, tell us about your background and how you got into this industry. Yes, and thank you for having me. I'm fifth generation electrician, came up through the apprenticeship with the IBEW and I'm fourth generation contractor. So went through the apprenticeship, became a journeyman, became a foreman, ran work, came into the office, did some project management and learned estimating. And then about four years ago, uh, when my mom decided she was ready to retire, switched over to the financial side and took over the, started training to take over for the CFO position. And um, first one in my family that has done both sides, which is kind of neat. So pretty proud of that. That's so awesome, Jeff. And I think you are a testament to this idea that um, you can be a continual learner, right? You've, you've learned both sides of the business. So let's, let's uh, kind of parlay from learning into the next uh, application piece of it, right? This whole innovation idea. And it's such a, such a buzzword, such a, a term that everyone a little bit overuses these days, right? And so we're overloaded by the actual word of innovation. But what does it mean to you? What is innovation and, and how does it manifest itself at Fuller Electric? Yeah, I mean, to me, innovation is, you know, staying on the, the forefront of our industry for sure and getting, staying up on the training and the communication part of it. That's one of the things that I did fairly early on when I came into the office was um, introducing technology into our company, you know, internally. That was a huge step, you know, going from paper and pen and some email, but introducing, you know, tablets and computers, laptops out in the field and transitioning to that stuff has been a big overhauling, but it's been, it's paid huge dividends, definitely. So that's a big part of it, you know, making sure that you stay up with the continuing education and taking advantage of the the things that are out there for us to stay on top of, you know, looking at the industry, chasing different um, verticals, you know, different revenue streams that we can go after that maybe the the bulk of the the industry isn't necessarily looking at yet. So you, you mentioned how you brought in tech into the office, you went from paper and pen, and now you're onto some online or digital forms, right? What did that look like for you in the office? There's some people who are usually gung-ho about it. They're like, let's do it. And there's other people who are like, you're changing my world right now. So how did you approach that? Yeah. And for us, we definitely experienced some of that. You know, my grandparents set up the company and laid a great foundation for us. And my my parents did a great job continuing that and, and um, holding it together. But we definitely saw it as a a need in our company to advance and be able to continue to grow. But with electricians, you have a a broad range of age and 
demographic, you know, people are used to different things. So what we tried to do is, is uh, target a few individuals that we could kind of set up some pilot programs with, test different applications, different devices, you know, what was going to work best, you know, maybe identify an electrician that was tech savvy already and willing to um, walk through some of the the hurdles and tough spots, you know, with a positive attitude rather than, you know, just throwing it out there to everybody and, and having a big mess to deal with. Jeff, you bring up a really good point in that positive attitude piece. And I know, you know, you and I have had conversations before about the different generations in the workforce and how to keep everyone motivated and, and, and also how technology can, can allow you to, to drive some of that specialty uh, enthusiasm. So, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, let's take a step back and talk a little bit about culture. So how do, how do you at Fuller, how do you motivate all of your different workers and make sure that they're kind of engaged in, in the same way that you kind of grew up in the industry and got engaged? Definitely identifying the different personalities and understanding what could motivate each individual helps. We've had struggles with different people at different times and you know just making sure that in the office before we push something out that we do our homework and really try and set everybody up for success part of our culture is that we want clear communication and employee and customer focus you know to where we can all really have that community feel where we're pulling together as a team and so i think that's a huge part of it is is identifying what's going to work for, for them. And you know, for communication, I think communication has changed a lot, especially in the past year. Um, for you, have you had any innovations with how you communicate? You know, has it, do you do like phones? Do you do email? Do you do team Slack? How do you communicate? Yeah. Especially with, with the pandemic that we just are coming out of, um, you know, the online, the zoom meetings, um, teams, do that once a week with our people that are working remote emails, of course, and in phone calls, they almost seem to be a thing in the past because everybody wants the instant gratification and the uh, video conferencing has been great for us. We even have a consultant that lives in Alaska that we do some work with on some of our um, transfer switch maintenance program within the hospitals. And the guys now in the field will do a video conference with him and, you know, he can, you know, diagnose different things and walk them through a certain part or piece that needs to be adjusted or updated. And, you know, that's been a great way to, to utilize a resource that's not right here with us, but take advantage of it and continue to move forward and, and help train our guys. So that's been a nice, nice piece. That's a really good point. You know, everyone's talking about things going back to normal and how we're going to end up back, you know, with the lives we had before, do you think that's how it's going to be? Or are there pieces that you've learned or that have allowed Fuller to change that you maybe do want to keep as we move forward? Oh, yeah, I I definitely think it will be a a blend of both. There's some things that we want to get back to the collaboration and the teamwork that you get with being in person in the office is definitely beneficial. But the option to have somebody on a meeting or at an event virtually because they aren't able to be in the office, you know, and still have their input is that's a good example of blending both worlds. 
you know, you don't miss out on somebody because they're not available to be in person. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I like the the blend of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only like a little over a year ago where we were still like just doing a conference line without any video. Yeah. And now yep. it's so nice to actually have the video aspect. But in terms of, you know, alternative energies, that's a huge topic that keeps coming. You know, it's been a topic for a while, but it's it's gotten a surge recently with solar, EV, wind. Have for your company, have you seen an increase of this work? And if so, how has it been impactful? Yes, definitely. We uh, we see, you know, we do some solar work on jobs that we've been awarded. Um, happy to take care of that. But the the electric vehicle charging stations are definitely a spot that we're targeting more and more. We're getting invites, you know, we're all certified with the state and the federal government, you know, EVITP certified and we're chasing that, that work as we speak, Uh, just landed, I think six sites with one of our um, healthcare providers that they're going to be putting in uh, quite a few charging stations. And we've done some work with uh, SDG&E, our local utility here in town and set up a um, a training facility for their workers, you know, with different voltages and different types of charging stations so that they're up to speed on what's going to be required on their end on the utility side as some of this infrastructure stuff starts to come, come to life. So it's pretty exciting. Well, that's actually a question I have for you is, you know, with the directive of 500 thousand charging stations compared to the 50,000 we have now what's your view or opinion on the infrastructure you know how do we what's that problem like can the infrastructure withstand this or is it something we're going to have to work on it's exciting for us because that means you know there's a potential of a lot of work out there so if we can be on the forefront of it and kind of capture all the different angles that need to be involved to complete this work and make it successful, whether that's end user customers that need a charging station for employees and they're not going to charge, or maybe it's a public spot that they're going to pay to charge, or it's with the utility and they need to set up some infrastructure and you know make power available for customers that want to install their own systems. There's a lot of different avenues. And if we can stay on top of it and make the connections and not limit ourselves to just one path, but kind of be all encompassing. I think it's a recipe for success. Hopefully, That's such a, a good way of looking at it, right? You're, you're, you're preaching balance, Jeff. You're yes. uh, it's, it's a great takeaway for our audience, for our listeners, for ourselves. So we've talked a lot about internal development, internal pushes for training and new capabilities. How do you get this information externally? How do you, uh, what are you guys working on or what are the ways that you've found success or continue to strive around things like bringing around the message of what Fuller Electric is capable of or getting in front of customers so that they know what makes your company special? Yeah, and that, I think that goes right along the lines of the innovation stuff that we're talking about. You know, we just completed a set of uh, videos that we had done professionally done and getting ready to release some of those on our website and share those with all our customers and contacts to just try and stay relevant and really show what we're capable of and, and how we want to connect to our community that we work in. I think it's very important and something you can't let go 
these days that you, you need to be out there and kind of live outside your comfort zone by doing something that's not in the day-to-day operations, but really push to uh, stay involved and have a presence. For these innovative ideas, uh, how do they come to you? Is it through, is it just the executive level? Do you have champions within your teams that come to you with these ideas? How do you actually disseminate them? Yeah, I mean, well, you, I'll take good ideas from anybody, any resource that we can. You know, Nika offers a ton that we're uh, always happy to look into. The Our local chapter has provided some opportunities. David with Tradesman Media approached us on these videos and I jumped at the chance as soon as you know it came up, trying to get ahead of the curve again and, and stay relevant and outside the comfort zone and keep pushing into a new space social media, those kind of things that we have to uh, stay up on. You know, I hired a office uh, assistant, but she has a background in marketing. That's something that two, three years ago, I never would have had as part of a prerequisite that I was looking for, you know, for an electrical contracting firm. And we do hard bid jobs and we have certain customers, but to target a marketing person is, is a little outside the box in my mind, but it's paying off. That's so awesome. And I think you're right. I think there's something that a lot of our contractors don't necessarily think, you know, marketing or getting that skill set or even something like leveraging social media is something within their wheelhouse or that could be within their wheelhouse. When you went through this journey, what what was it like or what sorts of um, advice would you give our listeners if they wanted to to get started in, in making sure that they could expand their presence externally? Yeah, I think just not limiting yourself. We're kind of in a traditional business, I would say, that's been the same for a long time. And you get plans from a general contractor or a customer and you do the best you can on your estimate and try and you know win the bid and go do the work and move on to the next one. And I just really wanted to make sure that we were chasing anything that we could, you know, any opportunity that might pop up from somebody seeing a video or, you know, hearing a podcast or seeing something on social media, you know, if they can just get connected with us, which is what we're looking for and give us a chance to show what we can do and who we are. I just saw the value in there really wanted to go after it. That's awesome. And I think, again, you know, having that open mind and, and, and always being willing to go after like you said, you'll take ideas from anywhere. When you do this, right, there, there's going to be an influx of, of new programs, new new ways of looking at things. How do you measure success? Well, it always comes down to the bottom line, you know, in the end. But I see it a little bit different, too, though. You know, when, when I can walk into the office and everybody's smiling and happy and excited to, um, you know, attack the day or the week or the, the big project that's coming or maybe something new like the videos, you know. That provided connection within our office alone, you know, talking to the different people and finding out who was willing to, you know, put themselves out there first. Now that they're done, it's been kind of fun because some of our other employees are like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll do the next one. I'll, I'll contribute. And hopefully that snowball effect kind of continues and we can roll that into more employees, more customers, you know, get some testimonials, those kind of things as as it gains traction. So pretty exciting from my end. Well, I mean, to be successful, you have to constantly be learning. And that leads me to my next question for you personally, you know, as you know, president and CFO, how do you 
keep learning? Are you part of peer groups? Do you do webinars? Do you attend classes? How do you stay up on all of the new everything, technology, software, whatever? Yeah, definitely webinars, you know, as much as I can. Um, Nika Now has been huge for me. I think the the content that they put together is unbelievable. Um, Our other, you know, the convention, uh, future leaders, got to do a few of those, which were great. Yeah, just staying in tune with the the industry and our local chapter, you know, general membership stuff and paying attention to the speakers that they have and really just, you know, most people are willing to help if you just make that connection and reach out. You know, there's a lot of people that are, they want to share what they know, that knowledge that they've, that they have, they want to share it with others. So if you're willing to kind of be vulnerable and put yourself out there, then usually the result is pretty positive. That's awesome. The right, the, the putting yourself out there and, and being honest with yourself, with your company about where you need to grow is, is a big part. So the, the piece about putting yourself out there, there's also something that's kind of scary about new ideas and new technology. And, and like you said, it's, it's not always uh, received with open arms, especially from folks who maybe they've, they've been doing it one way uh, their entire careers or their entire lives. So how do you address that when you're, when you're looking at something new, whether it's a new piece of technology or software or hardware, or even a new idea like these videos, how do you create those spaces where, especially field workers, aren't necessarily interested in staying behind the screen or or staying motivated in that way. How do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, I think it starts with doing due diligence and, and, you know, the best research that we can or I can to make sure that when we present it to whoever the target audience is, that, that it's received and understood what we're trying to do and, and why over the past few years, you know, there's been bumps in the road, you know, we've tried to roll out different things and they don't all go smooth. That's for sure different things with the fleet, you know, fleet of vehicles, you know, vehicle tracking, you know, trying to increase profit margins, you know, use less gas, you know, but that can be received as trying to micromanage and do different things. And so understanding the whole picture and then getting the employees buy-in and the the people's buy-in on at the beginning, rather than just throwing something at them with, with kind of no explanation. I think that's definitely paid off and something that I've learned be careful how you release something and roll it out. So you touched on earlier about, you know, you weren't even thinking out a position for marketing, you know, like three years ago, the way people are recruiting and retaining talent is changing every day. So what perspectives or advice could you give to our listeners about attracting, retaining talent? Do you have any best practices or ways that you've found to work out really well? Just being consistent. You know, we're, we're a smaller company compared to some out there, you know, we're medium size, I would say, you know, 40 guys, close to 50 in the, you know, overall total employees. So we're not huge, but we're not mom and pop, but to retain the talent, you know, they, they have to be happy. And that's what I want too. You know, I want to come to work happy, but I know that that's what they want. So making sure that you're checking all the boxes, not just paying a high rate or the best benefit package, you know, you got to do it all, make it, make it a good environment in the office or on the job site. Our number one core value is safety. So making sure that they feel comfortable, whether it's in the office workplace or out on a job site, that they have their, 
you know, PPE or any other necessary things to take them home safe to their family. And that the culture that we have is positive and, you know, everybody's accepted. Nobody feels singled out or um, excluded, those kind of things. I think that, that's the best way for us to retain our talent. That's awesome. That I think that that's a, a really healthy attitude. And like you said, you want people smiling, you want them happy to, to grow. And, and, and how do you upskill then? How do you continue to develop the next, the next generation of, of Jeff's in the company? I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> um, working on it, you know, definitely trying to look ahead, you know, put together, you know, some focus groups and teams, you know, within our office that can look ahead or capable of that. And, you know, where are we trying to go? What, you know, how big do we want to scale? And, and at what point staying ahead of the curve, you know, having providing offices or space for the right amount of people that we're going to try and move up to those kind of things. Um, we built out our office. We did an expansion April of last year, you know, added three new offices and a conference room, updated the conference room and those kind of things. So just trying to continue growing, but at a safe level and not too fast. It's the little things that matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is one of my favorite questions. So in terms of Fuller, Fuller Electric, what makes you different? What are you proud of about your company? I think we kind of hit on it. Our, our retained talent and lack of turnover you know, we're union contractor, IBW electricians, so they're welcome to come and go as they see fit. And I would say in town where we have some of the best retained talent out there, guys that have been with us since the early 90s and all the way up through. We turn out more journeymen that started with us as an apprentice than uh, I would any other shop here. So that's definitely positive. That's awesome. The power of people, I think, is the most important thing we do. And I, you know, I don't think we could we could ever spend too much time on that on that topic, on that conversation. So as we as we prepare your people, as we empower your people and we get them ready, what do you think is coming down the pipeline, Jeff? Like in terms of new technologies or ideas or processes, what's kind of your prediction as someone who grew up in the industry, as someone who's seen it from the inside, from the outside, like you said, office as well as field? What do you think are the the next big things that are going to rock the way we do construction? Yeah, I think it's the the connection of everything, you know, everything being tied to the internet. Like we've talked about for a couple of years, you know, the tools are now tied to the internet, the vehicles, the the guys themselves with their tablets, phones, computers, you know, the office, you know, everything's connected. So making sure that the platforms are there and and the pathways to success are there for everybody i think is huge so we'll see where it goes just it's changing rapidly daily it's exciting you know and i think having that positive attitude and not running from it or hiding from it is how we're going to be successful so what types of tech do you have out in the field and for any of the softwares that you have what are some of your favorites that have really been working for you uh, the biggest software piece that we've you know incorporated is is our construction management software we use eSub. they're a good partner for us in town and you know that's really helped us connect the field to the office with with and being able to do it uh, minimizing the labor time that it takes 
uh, daily reports, timekeeping, those kind of things, change orders, where they can upload it instantly and the office receives the information, but it really doesn't impact the timeout on the job. We've always had to fill out a time card or some piece of information, but now you just do it digitally and it's instantly up, uploaded to the um, server and then we can take it from there. So that's probably the biggest piece. Um, tools, all the tools have, have grown rapidly in the technology space, um, all the battery operated tools, those kind of things. Milwaukee has done an amazing job on meeting the needs of our field you know, employees taking it to the next level. Awesome. Well, I will never disagree with that one. Right. So, <laughs> as you know, Jeff, we've talked about so many great things here today. We've talked about culture, people, the software, the hardware, the even even so much as, you know, the external messaging. But let's bring this home now. Tell us in your own words, in your own perspective, for all of our listeners out there, what would you say is that one call to action or that one piece of advice? that you wish that someone had imparted on you earlier or that you just, you want to make sure that, that they become good stewards of the industry. And, and, and what do you think is going to get them there? The best thing is to stay hungry and be willing to learn and push yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's the number one thing. The training's out there. The people are willing to help. You just have to go, go get it. Being an advocate. So important. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your insights. For all of our listeners, feel free to reach us at innovation at nikanet.org with any questions, comments, or suggestions. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead. 